0: It's time for the drive. Stop for it. Four.
1: He doesn't take requests. It wasn't a request. He's not a little monkey. He's not a little wind up doll. It wasn't a request. Time and place, man. It's a demand. It's like, hey, man, throw it, throw it out there, reminding him. Friendly, a a friendly reminder. Trying to improve the show here, Russ. Something you might want to try sometime.
0: Thank you. Keep that in mind. Tucker Harlan, top 4 at 4, hit it.
2: Thank you, Russell. At number one, the SEC and Big Ten have announced a formation of a joint advisory group of presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors. The committee will address challenges facing college athletics and opportunities for the betterment of the student athlete experience. One of the issues the committee will seek to address is a sustainable future for college athletics.
0: Slow-moving paradigm shift. Got a big nudge this week. hate that it could potentially be at our expense. I'm still not as alarmist as some, but if this hastens the inevitable... And Tennessee, it doesn't hurt Tennessee's football fortunes in the short term.
1: Then perhaps this is a good thing. I'd just like to know what, like, Houston, like, what do you think he's really saying there? Who that whole big statement of that Tucker just read off? If they could really just say what they mean, I wish they would most of the time.
3: I don't know. I'll have to
2: deep dive it. Basically, the NCAA is not the future.
1: We're leaving you. It did, You don't have any power. We do. This isn't working for us
0: anymore. Yeah.
3: It, it did have a little bit of like, why don't you guys go sit at the kids' table? The adults are going to do some work now.
2: Yeah. that's what,
3: he's really Joey, good be at
1: quiet. Doing
0: Men are talking.
2: At number three, Tennessee heads up – or two, excuse me. Tennessee heads up I-75 to take on number 10, Kentucky, and Rupp Arena tomorrow. Tip-off is at 830. Tom Hart, Jimmy Dykes will have the call. Uh, Vols actually opened up as a two-point favorite on DraftKings. Really? Yeah. Wow.
0: Okay. Maybe we should expect to win.
1: We probably should expect to win. So, I've I've only seen him a couple of times. They apparently don't play defense. <laughs> no, yeah, but no. they will run you
3: out of the gym, and our transition defense is not very good. Kind of slow. If
0: Tennessee is going to win tomorrow night in Rup Arena, blank has to happen.
1: A to That's too it's to, too long of a list, probably. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, it's just it's basketball. I, mean, two things I, that think, absolutely I don't think there's one thing. Rogers keys to victory.
2: You need Ooh. you need at least two, preferably three guys. To score somewhere between the range of ten and fifteen points, if Dalton Connect is going to go for thirty again, well, I was, here's yeah, what I, I was going to say at
0: least we need three to get and it.
1: double figures. We need to get it. We need to get fifty out of Adu and Connect, 50, 50, You know, in that low fifty range. See, I don't know if you need what you can't have is
3: them. What did they shoot in the first half two years ago? I don't even want to. <laughs> Went to halftime. It's like, oh, Kentucky. Missed their last shot. They're shooting only 79% Oh, now. yeah, I
2: remember that game.
3: You've got to limit them from the three-point line. Like, oh, that's that where was they're the going to run away that, from
1: What's-his-name had
3: passed away. Yeah, that coach. Joe B. Hall? Yeah, Joe B. Hall. Yeah. We got runt.
1: Runt, that r- runt right out of Rupp Arena that day. They done runt us out of town. I rooted
2: us out, Russell. It was
1: terrible, buddy.
2: At number three, some Tennessee baseball injury news. Freshman infielder Ariel Antigua will miss the beginning of the season with a hand injury, and at most will miss six weeks. Antigua was expected to start the season at shortstop, so now some options there will be Christian Moore sliding over from second base, Brad Keylori, or your favorite name, Dean Curley.
0: Old Dean Curley. Curley. Oh, man, it's – I I think this lineup – should be strong enough that you can withstand one hole in the lineup. Like, it, And I'm not even saying that the, the kid doesn't have to hit or yeah. whoever plays and it, short. He'll be
2: back by conference play most likely if six weeks is the maximum.
1: Yeah, but he's still going to be – I mean, it's not ideal. You definitely don't – Want the guy you had penciled in as your starter at shortstop missed the first six weeks well, of the Well, but season. that's
0: the operative word. I think he was penciled in. Like, uh, you know, this is an opportunity for Dean Curley to, like, if he comes in and doesn't commit errors and is handy with the
1: bat, then he might win that job as a true freshman. The SEMO, is this something that SEMO's wanting to play? Is he wanting to play shortstop? That's a good question. Like, Like, what? Was that a necessity? Because uh... it seems like this like became like this thing. Yeah, within the last year, and well, I... they
0: they're playing him at and left some as well. So they've been moving him all around, just trying to get their their best guys out there. But it's exciting, man. Uh, ben McKee had a good write up over at two four seven about the scrimmage over there yesterday. They're scrimmaging again tomorrow. And if Season starts two weeks from today.
2: And finally at number four, the Tennessee Titans have added two new two new members to their new staff. Uh, the first hire was Cleveland Browns offensive line coach and head coach Brian Callahan's father, Bill Callahan. He will be the new offensive line coach for the Titans. Today, the Titans' new offensive coordinator is Nick Holes, the Jacksonville Jaguars pass game coordinator this past season.
1: Tucker, do you remember where he coached in college? Nick Holes? Bill Callahan. I should know. As the head coach? This is easy. Come on, man. Did, we finally, did I finally stump you? Not even a trivia question. Russ? Nebraska.
2: Oh. Did
1: he replace Osborne? Took over for Solich. Solich. Was Solich yeah. one of those coaches that punched players in practice?
0: No, uh, Frank Solich went 9-3, and three and that wasn't good enough for them. They, they, they kind of had what I could see happening in Alabama. Yeah. Where, you know, they they were they ruled college football for 10, 15 years. And then Tom Osborne steps, steps down. They hand it to the next guy, Frank Solich, and he keeps the thing going. And they, he was 9-3, and three, and they're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Fired him. Threw out the triple option. we we'll go hire Bill Callahan, NFL guy. Yeah bring in here to modernize our offense that was a terrible failure and uh they've been chasing their tail ever since Who'd they bring in after that what was it um that crazy guy yeah was was bo pelini was it was he i think he was right after he was there like what a
2: nice 10 years up until yeah and, fired and him. he
0: won i mean he might have won the big 12 once
1: uh or yeah, twice i, I want
2: to say with what was the guy's name Taylor had a couple 10 win seasons yeah well, Polini wasn't bad.
1: He wasn't a bad coach. He's just, just psycho. Yeah, he's certifiable.
0: When he came out with that cat for their spring game.
1: <laughs> oh, have you seen the, <laughs> you remember the Twitter that great moment great. in college Yeah, it was before? great. Uh, Polini's cat, that Twitter account.
2: Yep. Oh, faux Polini. Fop- yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Right, he's
0: still out there. Thank you, Tucker. That is your top four at four. If you want to jump in, go ahead and take a shot. 865-546-8200. Your number is... To get on the show this afternoon, couple lines available if you want to jump in right now is an excellent time to take a shot. 546-8200, Dan Lust of um, sports lawyer fame and cottage industry of these guys who are in the sports law universe, and those guys are having a field day this
1: week. <laughs> well, it's kind of a, the, the new frontier right now in in law, really. Because, I mean, all this stuff is, I mean, it's the first time it's been, there's all big cases about this stuff that's going to decide the law. So, here are the two
0: starting lineups for the baseball scrimmage yesterday. You guys tell me, favorite name, favorite Tennessee baseball name so far this year going into the season. Dylan Dryling, Dean Curley, Billy Amick, Reese Chapman, Cal Stark, Blake Grimmer. Charlie Taylor, Colby Bacchus, Dalton Bargo, Robin Villanueva, Cannon Peebles, Cavaras Tears,
1: Camden Bates, Stone Lawless.
2: Stone Lawless Stone awesome, Lawless just is pretty
1: general. Is a general yeah. Yeah, that screams like you ought to, he not really ought to, like baseball. He ought to be just over off all to himself with a name like that. He sounds like an 80s, like, superstar.
2: I mean, I think the two transfers, Billy Amick and Cannon Peebles, are both strong ones. Billy Amick, to me,
1: is the one. Kind of reminds me, what was that movie with uh, Kevin Costner, For the Love of the Game? Billy Chappell? Billy Amick? Guy, Billy's a good baseball name, Russ. He's got a, lot, a long way to go to get on the
0: list of Ultimate, the the Tennessee Baseball Name Hall of Fame, which we are the keepers of here on The Drive on Fan Run Radio. Alan Cockrell, Rusty Enzer, Rick Honeycutt. Ooh, Honeycutt's a great one. Bubba Trammell, R.A. Dickey, Scott Schreffel, Scott Vieira, Julio Bourbon, Augie Ojeda, Jeff Pickler. Pick. Sonny Cortez, Nick Senzel, Luke Hoshaver, Garrett Crochet, Pete Durkay, Blade Tidwell and Cal Stark, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame last year. Keep in mind, good baseball name. It doesn't have to be some outlandish name. It just sometimes it can be short. Sometimes it can be two syllables. Sometimes it's preferable that way.
1: I definitely. We'll see how he plays this year, but but Billy Ame could be. That's got a lot of possibilities there.
0: And I I made this list when we stumbled onto this topic over the summer. Do you remember how we favorites. Stu- Do you remember the genesis of this conversation? Vaguely. It was a a famous baseball death that occurred over the summer.
1: Oh. I can't remember who died. Dick Groat. That's right.
0: R.I.P. in peace, sweet prince. <laughs> Dick Groat. Which of course led us to Pete Lecocq and Dick Pohl. and Dick Trickle, who were from- the two. Uh, no, these, these were actual baseball oh, players. Baseball They've got players, cards yeah. out there, and then then we grew up a little bit, and the conversation got less sophomoric, but only slightly so.
3: Dick Pohl?
0: yeah, really, yeah. Look it up.
3: Geraldo I, I dig
0: it. is next. What's up, Geraldo?
4: Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? I'm
0: doing well. How are you?
4: I'm doing okay. You no, sure? I have a question, sir. Yeah. Okay, here's my question. Are we going to get in trouble for this whole deal? That's all I care about. I don't care what happens to the NCAA. I don't care what happens to any other school. Are we going to get in trouble?
1: Nobody can say for sure, Geraldo. I, I, after seeing what came out today with the Big Ten and the SEC, um, I feel like that if if they really tried to hammer Tennessee, I, I really feel like that this may be the the line of demarcation for the Big Ten and the SEC, and they just they'd split off. So, I mean, worst case scenario is it completely blows it up. I think I don't know. If I had to bet, I'd say that's what it would be. There's no way Tennessee's and let you guys correct me if I'm wrong. There's no way Tennessee is going to take any kind of player suspension, post game, postseason ban, anything like that.
3: If the SEC were to back out and this lawsuit goes poorly, I don't know if we'd have a choice. I don't yeah, foresee either. I don't like, foresee it? either of those happening at this point. But that would be the way.
4: Right, like if thank you is like, here's your sacrificial lamb. Do with them what you will. I don't think you do that.
1: The biggest problem right now, and I'm I'm curious to get your reaction to this, Russ. I don't see how on either side there is any kind of an off-ramp the way they keep escalating each day, both the sides firing back and forth. Like today it's, you know – it finally dawned on everybody what they're talking about with the bundling of the charges. I don't see any – so where does it end? I mean, that's with, – with
0: Tennessee, where does it
1: end? I with, mean, with, with t- Tennessee and, you know, I guess now t- Tennessee and the NCAA, like where, where does it end? Because neither one of them seem like they want to back off at all.
4: Right. Neither if, side. Like – I- I thought that the NCAA might be like, okay, whoa, hey, sorry, we were just, you know,
1: we were
0: well, just might. saying. I mean, they Nobody wouldn't. Deal. They wouldn't have done that immediately. I mean, they they typically don't say much, you know. And so, I mean, that well, that might happen a lot It's something we'll ask our, our guest Dan coming up here in, in just a minute. But um, I mean, I to me, that's still a a possibility. It's like we're going to go to court trying to get a a temporary restraining order against these guys they might just say you know what oh like fine if, if that's the way you want to play it like again like we are you we we operate at your behest you you've tried to tell us to you want these rules now you're telling us you don't want these rules it seems like everybody agrees you don't want these rules okay fine we'll just sit up here in Indianapolis and wait for y'all to tell us what you want us to do i i think that's still a possibility
4: Last question before I head out of here, sir. And just so you know, I love you very much. But who do you think turned this in? Like, in terms of like alerted to NCAA, or did they just do this on their own because they were bored, or was this a parting gift from one Nick Satan?
1: No, it's B. I think that this was something that it was nil, and they were they were watching. I mean there were stories written there were about
0: the Nico post it, it, it was weird right when when his deal happened 2 years ago whenever that was there were stories written about it that didn't name him there was uh, there are rumors of a NIL collective that's given a player committed to an SEC school an 8 million dollar deal and all this stuff and I just think they took note of that and it's no secret that that's Nico, everybody knows it,
1: and I, I think no. that's kind
0: of how it began.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we talked about when we've talked about it with Adam Sparks. It's anybody that signed a monster class, anybody. anybody that signed one of these top 20 players like we did, anybody. so
4: Dude needs to watch out. Missouri definitely is on their radar then, hmm. right? Because it's like how – you know what I'm saying? Like Luther Burden, all these kids they're getting – and actually wanting to stay at Missouri, good.
0: Thank you, Geraldo. Appreciate the phone call. Dan Lust joins the festivities when we continue. More Fan Run Radio coming up. The Drive. Are you Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues. 105.7 FM, 1340 AM. We're streaming live at fanrunradio.com and your free Fan Run app. All new. Website and app ready for you to explore. Go check it out. What's the deal with the Android users?
3: Uh, we have a, well, whenever we launch the program, we have a 14-day test period that certain people have to go through. So there's no app for Android yet. Ah. But once we get through the test period uh, they'll be able to do what they please
0: so you android users or freaks as the rest of us refer to you as do uh, you wait your probation your your fan run app um probationary period continues
2: buddy mine had an android for like seven years and finally cracked about two months ago and
0: now became a real person yes (laughs) oh good for him
2: congratulations
0: Let's get Dan Lust in here. He is a sports lawyer and law professor at New York Law School. He's also the host of the Conduct Detrimental Podcast. Dan, Russell Smith, how are you, sir?
5: I'm good. i us just say it's been a, uh, a busy week, but in this world, busy, busy is very good.
0: Yeah, we were talking, you know, there, there's this um, community, right, of, of sports legal experts online that uh, you're a prominent member of, and it feels like this is kind of, this is a big week for you guys.
5: Uh, that that is correct. It's a small little group, and uh, you know sometimes the best problems are where there's no clear answer, so it requires us to kind of put our heads together, and then uh, you know sometimes the uh, you know the more the merrier for this type of problem. But yes, yeah, so all good and, and uh, happy to join you today.
0: Well, for, for someone like you who's been following, you know the NCAA in, in recent years, all these court battles, Dan, that have you know, generally speaking, not gone well for the NCAA. Talk to us for a moment just to start how we got here and why Tennessee finds itself in this situation.
5: Sure. And I think the the date we should pay attention to is really July 1 of 21. That's the the unofficial official start of the NIL era. That's the first time in our country a state legally allows an athlete to get paid some version of NIL, uh, you know, name, image, and likeness, um, without the fear of any type of punishment. So that's July 1 of 21. Before that, we all know the NCA and love and hate the NCA for their kind of over-involvement, uh, and, and we'll say kind of hands-on situations with punishments, with probation, with uh, postseason bans, scholarship bans, you name it. From July 1 of 21, really until February of 2023, so about a year and a half, uh, the NCA did not punish any schools whatsoever for any type of NIL violations. Um, it was just nothing. So the, the enforcement era, as we knew it for the NCA for the last few decades, you know, NCA was not doing any type of enforcement. So we'll, we'll say, uh, Russ, this is why they, they call this the Wild Wild West era of NIL. No, no sheriff in town. Um, and then uh, really fast forward to this past month where you have the punishment of Florida State the announcement of the investigation into Florida, the announcement of the investigation into Tennessee. So we, as sports lawyers, said, "Here they come. Here's the NCAA, ready to finally put the hammer down." And uh, here comes Tennessee. Not so fast. What we think you're doing is against the antitrust law. So a little bit of a background, but uh, Russ, as you know, I'm a sports law professor, so I got I to gotta give you the history.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, it's it's much appreciated because I remember, like, the NCAA at the time, around the time that uh, schools first started signing some high-profile NIL, NIL deals around the time Nico Iamaleava committed to Tennessee. Um, there was, you know, the NCAA, I remember, there were, there were some stories that came out that they said, look, we are going to be looking into this stuff. And it was like, ah, whatever, you know, kind of rolled their eyes. And um, as we know, the NCAA, nothing happens quickly, but it looks like they are trying to live up to their word.
5: Yes, and and I think it's fair, and and we kind of read into the NCA statement yesterday, or now, maybe two days ago, but the NCA essentially is is saying the reason we are pursuing enforcement is because we are being asked to by our member schools, and what do you want us to do? We're between a rock and a hard place. Uh, The court system's not that favorable to us right now, but our member schools want us to enforce what's on the books, and that's what we're doing. The controversial part, um, and, you know, I I think the, the... The issue people have is that these are actions that have occurred, you know, now for some of these two and a half years ago. So if your member schools are telling you to start enforcing some NIL policies, you know, that that could mean moving forward, right? That could mean 2024 onward. To dig back into the past two years, I'm not sure what type of, you know, precedential value it has when, when the NIL landscape has changed dramatically into a world where now collectives are generally accepted. Basically, every Power Five school has one. Um, and digging back in time period, where you know it, there was no sheriff in town, and that was really of the NCAA's own doing. Um, so yeah, I I, uh, I think this could have been accomplished by other means, but you certainly can't fault for the the NCA for doing what the member schools apparently have told them to do for the last two years.
0: Sports lawyer Dan Lust, host of the Conduct Detrimental podcast, with us this afternoon here on Fan Run Radio. and uh, Dan, let's uh, cut to the quick here. The question on every Tennessee fan's mind. We literally just had a caller uh, last segment ask. He said, I don't care. What did he say, Bear? I don't care what happens with the NCAA. I just want to know, are we going to get in trouble? How exposed is Tennessee in this matter?
5: Um, you know, it's hard to say. I, I think. I think the easy way to phrase it, I think that Tennessee is on better footing today than they were 48 hours ago, put it that way. I, I, I do think that this does put all the attention on the NCA. Says if you're going to drop the hammer, so to speak, on the NCA, you're going to do it under the auspice of this court case. So, um, you know, I, I don't have any issue with the strategy. Uh, you know, Tennessee's chancellor um, going public with this, with the attorney general's office coming in. I, I think you're on better footing today. If the NCA really has to watch themselves here. And I, and I will say one other thing. Um, you know, Russ, I, was in a, I teach a, a class on Friday mornings. And I had a student say, what did Tennessee do here that the other schools aren't doing? Um, and I guess we could just look at, you know, those three examples I talked about. We talked about Miami, the uh, Cavender twins, the situation from, uh, you know, now, now uh, about a year ago. We had Florida State, and we had the announced investigation into Florida. If you just put Tennessee on the spectrum of what those schools were, you know, alleged to have done, I, I don't think Tennessee's activities quite rise there. Um, so it's anyone's guess how Tennessee got on the radar. Um, I could tell you that Miami's allegations were very loud. And Florida's allegations were very loud. And obviously Florida state and about 30 days ago was the loudest school in the country between the college football playoffs, the trying to leave the conference. I'm not quite sure what rises Tennessee there, but, um, it's the first real punishment or investigation that's really been announced outside of the state of Florida. So, um, get to that college question. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what got Tennessee on the list, um, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion that there are other schools whose allegations are sitting on ice until the NCAA is ready to announce them. Um, so we'll see. I know I, I do. I don't mind the NCAA's. I'm sorry. I don't mind Tennessee's strategy in going public. We'll see. Uh, and my gut, too, is that it kind of slows down the NCAA in terms of announcing investigations or punishments into other schools. That's certainly what I would do if I was the NCAA at this point.
0: Well, do you think the fact that Tennessee just can't, got through with a separate major NCAA violations case um, plays into this? The fact that they are currently on probation. Do you do you think that that is a reason that do you, Do you think the NCAA is targeting Tennessee more in this matter because of what happened that they just wrapped up last year?
5: You know, it's funny. I had a student. Uh, I had a student raise that maybe Tennessee went quietly in that situation the NCA figured that they could squeak this one by. Um, my understanding, and Russ, maybe you know this as well, I, I've heard just various uh, public reports or, or speculation that the Attorney General's office had been, that Tennessee's Attorney General had been sniffing around that situation and that if it went sideways that they might have been ready to be involved in some way, shape, or form. Um, and maybe the NCA is looking and saying, hey, Tennessee made a lot of threats for the Attorney General's office, mm. um, potentially, and they didn't do anything that time, maybe... Mm. We could, squeak it by this one. So uh, I'm not sure uh, to, to your point, um, again, looking at all four of those schools that we've spoke about, I think Tennessee's is, I, I'll say yeah. it in my own opinion, I think lesser in terms of the allegations. Um, and it's also, we've got to keep in mind, we're, we're seeking to go after, um, Tennessee for the actions of a, I think as the report was phrased a non-Tennessee employee. So, you know, n- nowadays in this version of NIL, the NCAA is asking their schools to kind of have some more control oversight over the collectives, but that really wasn't the case in 2021 and 2022. So, I think it's hard for the NCAA to try to enforce this. Um, you know, so we'll see. I, I don't. I don't think it's the strongest case, but you know, we'll see what comes out it, here.
0: It just seems to me. Dan, as a as a lay person, uh, you know that for the past ten years or so, every time the NCAA has found itself in court, the general attitude of the legal community has been: you can't inhibit an individual's right to conduct business by by themselves, right? So they're they're coming after the collectives now. This time, it sounds like. Tennessee has said we we have, none of our employees or student athletes have been accused of anything, so that can only leave the collectives. How do how do how do you uh, prosecute, investigate the collectives without inhibiting individuals' rights to make money?
5: That's the question, right? And, and I think you said something interesting. It's not exactly you know, and I kind of alluded to this. Like Florida State, the allegation directly involves a coach. Miami directly involves a coach. Florida's situation involves. Uh, allegedly two collectives offering, uh, you know, uh, close to eight figures, uh, a bidding war, and then and then a kid ending up with, you know, zero dollars going to a different school. So we don't, we don't have that. NICO is at Tennessee. It's not some type of, you know, grave harm that occurred to someone that requires some level of investigation. So, you know, in in the country, right, and we haven't talked about it, but I think, as you know, I've, I've been doing the, the circuit today. I've been trying to teach people a little bit about antitrust law, a little bit about this concept of acquiescence. Right, like, you know, the Sherman Act basically is designed to allow free competition. Right, free competition here can mean between schools. Right, and here, you know, the allegation is not that Tennessee paid a dollar, but that you know, indirect affiliates of the school, you know, that there can be some type of you know competition for talent. And then, in the other sense, if we're going to penalize students, and, and this is not really part of this case as far as I'm concerned, but students. For taking an inducement to go to a different school, I mean, maybe we should allow this to be a bubble, or maybe we should allow offers to be public of wherever they're coming from. And if a student, you know, is not allowed to know what a school is offering until they get on campus, that doesn't really seem that fair. So there are many that say that there should be no guidelines; just let let everybody be out in the open about what they're offering, um, you know, and, and allow Tennessee and, and schools like this to have some control. So these offers aren't coming from third parties. Maybe that's the most fair way to do it. Um, so the NCA is, is kind of asking, you know, we want some level of control. We want the collectives to make the offer. We want you to oversee the collectives. You know, it's just a bungled system right now. And I don't, I don't. And I think the NCA is caught between a rock and a hard place. They have, you know, a disjointed and fragmented system of state laws, and they're being asked to really try to navigate the NCA NIL through this narrow prism because the schools are telling them to. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I think what the NCA is doing is very much what Justice Kavanaugh warned them, um, back in, uh, you know, June of 2021. He said the NCA is not above the law and the NCA is now going and seeking enforcement of the, of their own rules. And I think that's why for two years we saw no enforcement because some other lawyers must've been telling the NCA, hey, Supreme court's going to get you on this. This is the law of the land now. Um, so yeah, I, 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 don't think this is what, this is an envious position if you're the NCA, but the other side is doing nothing and being powerless and being rendered obsolete. So I, I don't think you can knock the NCAA for at least trying to remain relevant.
1: Hey, Dan, uh, the one question I had, because you kind of alluded to it, do you think the NCAA, NCAA really thought that this was the reaction they were going to get out of Tennessee? Hmm. That they would um, react that- this violently in opposition to it?
5: Absolutely not. Uh, a lawsuit being filed within 24 hours of the investigation. I don't think anyone could have foreseen it. And that's why I think it sends a loud message just as the NCA thought they were somewhat gaining control over NIL enforcement. Tennessee just as quickly turned around and, you know, swung the pendulum back the other way. So I, I don't think anyone could have foreseen that. The NCA notwithstanding.
0: Target with Dan Lust this afternoon. Dan, uh, last thing, we'll let you run here. Appreciate your time and spending some time with us here this afternoon on the program there's a story that came out today the the SEC and the Big Ten are joining together to a to form an exploratory committee to address many of these issues that we're talking about I don't think it's any coincidence that this news drops this week after everything that's been going on here Uh, do you see this as perhaps the great schism where the SEC the Big Ten break off And do their own thing and just leave the NCAA behind. We're forming a new semi-quasi-professional sports league with a brand new governing body.
5: Yeah, it looks like the Alliance 2.0 is is (laughs) what they're calling it on Twitter. Hopefully, they sign some contracts. (laughs) Um, You know, so I guess uh, just very briefly, back in the '80s, the other big Supreme Court case that people pay attention to—I teach my students about—is this case NCAA versus Board of Regents which stands, uh, people remember, the College Football Association back in the day. These schools and conferences are allowed to have their own television networks, their own television deals, and allowed to compete with the NCA. That's, that's on the books in the highest court of the land. Um, people ask me, can the SEC secede from the NCA? Can the Big Ten do it? I go, that's what that case stands for, that they can compete against the NCA in television deals, and I'm sure it would be interpreted to mean that they compete against them in other ways in forming a rival league. Now, obviously, they have business deals, and they have contracts that have to expire. But, yes, this has always been on the table, and that's why the NCA has always had to be careful about over-enforcement, especially in the NIL era. because the laws on the books that people can leave the NCA if they want. And the NCA has even threatened, hey, if you don't want to be a part of our membership, you can, you can leave. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I think the timing is very interesting, um, and I also think it's very interesting that this time around it's just the SEC and the Big Ten no one else. So uh, I, I guess uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But, yes, I
0: think very interesting. Hey, Dan, I'm sorry I lied. One more question. Um, uh, you, the timetable here, <laughs> this is another one. Like these things drag on forever. I can always
5: come back on, guys. This is not your only call. Tell <laughs> me anytime you want.
0: Right. We, we, will, we will definitely do that. Uh, timetable, is could this be wrapped up quickly? Are we talking months, years? What do you think?
5: So the preliminary injunction that people are talking a lot about in the Tennessee case It could be decided, you know, within the next week. It could be they could take a little bit longer. I know the hearing has been scheduled for February 13th. You know, the actual declaratory judgment is what they're seeking. They want a court to say what's going on here is illegal. That might take a year plus. But the real relief, what Tennessee wants and why the whole country is watching this case, is this preliminary injunction, which could basically stay enforcement of any NCA NIL enforcement until the case is over. I mean, that's that's a possible outcome here. So the short answer is you could get something within the next two weeks. Um, and then if you don't get that, it's not that you don't win the case. It's just that it's going to take you know, a little bit longer. So the underlying merits of the case I'm, I'm very fascinated by, but all eyes are looking at this uh, Eastern District of Tennessee uh, in the next week or so. So, yeah, there's there's going to be a, a very quick answer as to the likelihood of success on the merits here.
0: All right, very good. Dan, uh, we appreciate your time. We will definitely get you on again soon to uh, update us on this. Really appreciate it. Where can folks follow you online?
5: Uh, The podcast is called Conduct Detrimental, and I'm online at SportsLawLust on Twitter.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. My pleasure. Dan Lust, Conduct Detrimental podcast at SportsLawLust on X, and appreciate him joining us. So, uh, there's, and there's, I had
1: one more, but <laughs> for him, he's a
0: busy, guy. He's got to go. There, there's so much going on here. I think like it's it's hard to keep it all straight. But I, I think whatever happens in the next week or two with uh, the preliminary injunction thing, like that, that's you. Like if we get that, I that mean, that was what I They basically have mm-hmm. to stop. Like they, like until I mean, the it, the court case plays the the NCAA. That's they, what
1: happened with the with the with the double transfer.
0: Yeah.
3: And that wouldn't just involve us. No, correct? That'd be, that's that's nationwide. They, everybody. Any NIL enforcement by the NCAA over that time frame that would is would basically
1: be the ball game. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask him what he thought the chances of us cuz I've seen some other I can't remember if it's McCann or one of those guys that you know like him said that it was probably a fairly low chance for us to get that restraining order. Hmm.
3: Oh, low chance, really? Yeah. Hmm interesting
0: all right well uh, we will certainly keep our eyes peeled stay with us the drive continues it's fan run radio back with more right after this The the drive is your home fan run radio the drive continues
1: dan lust bear what did you learn um NCAA is going to have problems he kind of confirmed what I thought after reading all these articles by some of these guys with I mean it's all going to come down to the antitrust thing in Austin and whether or not they can enforce their rules and then if Tennessee's can prove that and I I think that's why Jack that Jackson Lampley part of it's a uh, I think that's a big deal I would have liked to have asked him about that
0: I I wonder if There's any consideration to getting Nico involved in that?
1: Probably not at this point. Why? I think they want to keep him. Shield him from all the hubbub. Shield him from everything. They don't want anybody in the Iyama Maliava family um, having to talk to anybody. I would imagine Tennessee's attorneys in Tennessee basically told them, you know, don't say anything to anyone. I wonder it's nobody's business right yeah I mean i I wonder what
0: their react what their interactions with the NCAA have been like if any
1: I would be stunned if they've had any with his with his family well I mean
0: I would assume they want to talk to him directly like if if this were the olden days and you want to go talk to him and i I guess his eligibility is the thing that you could hold over his head as the reason that he has to talk to you—if you don't talk with
1: us, we're you're, you're going to be ineligible. Yeah, but they can't go there. Why not? Because then they would be. I mean, they don't. They don't have it. They don't have that type of power, and you can't threaten. You can't see. I I, I, him I like agree
0: that. with you. I, I'm just pushing back a little bit here because I, I I think that I think that they they can actually They say, look, we're he didn't like. It's part of the rules. Is you have to talk to us. Like if we have questions, you don't talk to us, and we're going to rule you ineligible. I just think that it, where we are today in 2024, that the outrage would be so unanimously opposed mm-hmm. to that, that that would be the death knell. For, yeah. I mean, people talk about uh, and we throw that around a lot, but I, I feel like that would be it. I, I see this thing that's going viral. People are saying that uh, you know the NCAA has has told Tennessee that. Um, Let me pull it up. A friend sent it to me earlier. Um, The NCAA's intentions are to rule NICO ineligible, give UT a postseason ban, and uh, make them disassociate with Spire Sports. And I'm like, okay. Well, the postseason ban would suck, but I, I could see them doing that, given that we're on probation. And they've already made Florida State disassociate from a collective, so there's certainly precedent for that. I just think ruling a player, any player, ineligible, but certainly one of Nico's stature, mm-hmm. would be so unanimously opposed, not just by Tennessee fans, but by college football fans across the country. I know there'd be some toothless Alabama-Kentucky fans who would, who would, oh, you get what you get. But I feel like the the national media, people in on the left coast, people in the Northeast would be, wait a minute, you're going to we have one of these transcendent talents that we know is going to be a top 10 pick in the draft in 2026.
1: And you're telling it you're not going to let him play. Really? Well, the problem is there's going to be an attorney like, you know, Dan that we just talked to would be falling over backwards to represent Nico, because if, if they pulled something like that, that would go directly to impeding his, because he can't play in the NFL. You're directly impeding his marketability. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: you're costing him money. Yeah, so I I I don't see them doing that. And you know, as far as you know, okay, you a postseason ban, same thing. And like, you know, then you're talking about 85 players or 82, however we we put up there uh, that that you're directly impeding their ability. You're saying that they can't go out there and enhance their marketability in these cr- key critical games because this guy has signed an NIL deal. That seems highly skeptical to me. And then what was the the third part of it? Oh, the the Spire thing? Well we just from spore. Spore. Bears on <laughs> it.
1: The, that's yeah. I mean th- th- that's Pro the Forma's other part of it. The more I learned about that this week um the more I realized that they're kind of, the, these collectives are kind of operating like the old record labels from back in the day did. I mean, the, with the phrasing of that, that, that's what it reminded me of. I mean, it, it sounds like, like Nico, they've advanced him money against future, I mean, that was in there against future earnings as a professional. Mm-hmm. it's music world, they call it recoupable. So, I mean, they they can, they don't have to go after him for that, but. I don't know, but legally, that you can't do anything about that. That's a totally legal contract. What are they going to try and get us on? Some ticky-tack stuff, the flight, the, the private jet, right? Yeah, everything if, I've
0: heard of, the, the flight was perfectly legal. Yeah, that's the,
3: if he's already signed with them, it's, it doesn't matter, especially with him being from California, it sounds NIL like, money's fine.
0: Well, And before that, he was flying with his dad, here on regular commercial airline yeah. to to visit Tennessee because they like Joey Halsley and we had a great relationship there and I know that's what fans always say whenever they're accused mm-hmm, of cheating mm-hmm. but apparently they've got the receipts literally yeah Actual the, the receipts that plane they plane ticket receipts spire certainly has the receipts they're like yeah we flew him on the private jet he had already he was already a signed client of ours it's perfectly legal what are you talking about
2: I'd, I'd
3: love to be in the room when that's just slapped in for their th- face. for them to
1: get people, in, it's not just because it's Tennessee. I swear to God, but like, that's how these guys travel. It's how these players travel. It's how the coaches travel. They go by private jet for the most part. The high, you know, the 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 big name players do. I mean, damn, uh, Kiffin was camped out at TAC Air out there for how many days when he was up here poaching. Hmm. Well, everybody's doing it.
0: Everybody's doing it. 865-546-8200. If you want to jump in here and uh, chime in on this, it has been a wild week in Big Orange Country. and It ain't over yet, man. We got basketball. We got to go up there. Good Kentucky game. We're going to coal country tomorrow. Should be a barn burner. We are a a one-and-a-half point favorite. Yes. Oh. According to DraftKings. Wow. Or Fanduel. Did you guys see where the Jags? Did did you guys see the the thing with the Jags and Fanduel? I
2: I did see that where uh, they they had the employee that spent twenty million dollars. I don't maybe at one point. I don't remember
1: hearing about this.
2: Okay, so the oh
1: hell yeah, we did back in the summer. Yeah, the
2: the Jags employee bet like over twenty million dollars of the franchise's money.
0: On their credit card, yeah, on their credit on the team card, team credit track, card, they embezzled it.
2: Yeah, and it's FanDuel, right? Yeah, and they won't give back any of the money.
0: FanDuel's like, no, um, I'm sorry that you're the victim of fraud, but
1: this is just business in our book. <laughs> they, they, yeah. Bookmakers typically don't give money. They've got a no refunds policy. Yeah,
3: well, that's with bets. It's it's not like you can return a car. It's just like, hey, I know we lost all that money, but let me come on. Nope, no, that's that's how gambling works. Yeah,
1: I saw a scam. uh, I saw a video last night. If uh, apparently this is a thing now. If you ever like, if you do Venmo or Zelle or any kind of like money moving app, if like, say you're sitting there tonight, Houston, and three thousand somebody hits you with three grand. Mm-hmm. you do not, and they say it's an accident, you do not automatically send that back. Right. Say what now? You do not. Say just some rando, you're sitting at home at night, your phone lights up, notification mm-hmm. of Venmo, somebody has sent you $3,000. It's $3,000. You can put it in your bank account, right? And then they'll say, hey, I accidentally Venmoed money to you. Can you please send it back to me? You absolutely do not send that back. Is some rando, like, this is happening? Yeah, but what they're doing, somebody steals somebody's credit card, puts $3,000 on it, sends it to you, gets you to send it back to them. They cash it. They're gone. And then the person whose credit card got scammed, they'll get their money back. It'll take a couple of years, but... If you're the person that gets Venmoed the money and then Venmoes it back to somebody, to the same account that sent it to you, you ain't getting your money back.
0: I get weird phishing texts like that all oh, the time. Yeah. I just never respond to them.
1: I delete them and report them immediately.
0: I, I, I just, I just leave it. I just don't, don't touch it. I, I'm afraid to do anything. I'm afraid to eat, like I'm if I even, accidentally if, click the link. If, if I even like open the text, yeah. I feel like uh, no, the they, same way. they've gotten into
3: my phone somehow. So no just, chance. Stay away.
1: You ever get the Facebook ones where it's like, you know, like the richest person you ever grew up with? You know they're still loaded. There's no way in hell they're texting you at three in the morning for 100 No. to get them out of jail. I've never seen that.
0: What? Yeah, I've had a couple of those. It's like friends of yours, they've been
1: hacked and they <laughs> yeah, They. Like, and like the ha- I I've mean, these people that. don't do a whole lot of research. I'm like, there is no way this guy who is currently sleeping underneath silk sheets in Sequoia Hills there was a needs guy, a hundy off me.
0: There was a guy, and uh, it went, Message Board Genius posted it. It was on one of the Tennessee message boards. I think it was VolQuest, where he admitted to being the victim of a scam. And it was some big convoluted thing involving crypto mm-hmm. where somebody contacted him. Scammers contacted him <laughs> saying that uh, your bank account has been compromised here's what you need to do take all your money out i can't believe this guy did this i can't either i I saw that
3: message board (laughs) geniuses reposted i
0: think take all your money out put it in this crypto account and uh until you can open up a new account and everything then you'll just take it out They, they cleaned this poor bastard out just took all all his savings wiped him like 30 grand or something all his rainy day savings just and throughout the post he's like i was a little suspicious at this point he's <laughs> like no he, uh! he did this and went to see he said I, I was laid in bed at night and then like it hit me it's like oh no, this just doesn't feel right they called the bank the first thing in the morning he's like this is what
3: i was like yeah you totally got scandal. yeah you got you got taken for a ride
1: i had a girl that got hit with uh you ever seen like the the people that can the break and change it's kind of a flim-flam kind of scam where somebody comes up and, and buys something with a big bill and then they start oh a, yeah they start shifting I'll do money this back you and
0: do do this, 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 this no it all, they just count on you trusting them essentially Yeah. I yeah. Know this
1: girl like, like her first job at the mall her first day she got she got hit like lit up by it and oh, get away
0: from me dude
1: it was the last time she I'm ever giving my I
0: ain't giving you money you got you got money you buy your stuff man yeah all right uh, quick time out. Hour number three of The Drive coming up. Tucker's got your top five at five. We'll go open lines the rest of the way. Tennessee versus the NCAA. Tennessee versus Kentucky. Much to discuss. More Fan Run Radio coming up.